0: What's up, and welcome back to the Something's Brewing podcast. Just a reminder we are in partnership with Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them at BNG Productions. I am your host, Mike Sullivan, alongside my co hosts, Nick Melanson and Zach Sullivan. Zach is currently (laughs) ripping a cigarette (laughs) inside. (laughs) (laughs) But you can. You can you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. And you can follow Zach on Twitter at Zach underscore Sullivan 22. And that is Zach with an H. So I don't know. Uh, did, did anything happen recently in within the Bruins organization that, you know, might have drawn some news buzz or anything? Because I can't really think of anything
1: not that I can think of. I don't know, yeah. Tuka got married. That's really
0: all. Tuka did get married. Tuka congrats to him. I think he got like remarried. I think they renewed their vows. And that he's earned <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> a lot of people were talking about uh, Brad Marchand jumping up and down. His hips were looking good apparently.
0: Yeah, he looks to be healing pretty well. Um, you know, that's good news to see. I saw Charlie McAvoy out and about too. So, yep. looks like his shoulder his shoulders healing a little bit. Um, he doesn't
1: pull a Chris Sale and hop on a bicycle anytime soon. Yeah, hold on.
2: I want to really just quickly talk about that. I know this is a <laughs> podcast, but that's fucking ridiculous. This guy, like, what is up with that? Like, did, this did guy. You know how he did it? Yeah, dude. I've been over that. I'm pretty sure that this guy might just be the biggest idiot in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, luck. at some point you got a question if it's luck the, the finger thing that was bad that was bad luck but the fucking breaking your rib cage throwing in this and like it obviously must have like snapped out because he had to get surgery it's just like do
1: something you, do you believe that he guy. broke his rib throwing nah, how, how do you break i don't believe that? that at all i was
2: actually listening to fellow guy at maz today and uh maz brought up a. Uh, a point where he's just like he's probably doing something stupid because he did it at Florida Gulf Coast he's probably doing something stupid throwing BP to the kids or something and he got a line drive thrown ripped back at him and hit him in the chest because he's a just, dude like, checked into the boards and their ribs don't breathe yeah. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> but like other than, other than that I mean I can't really think of anything else like oh wait a minute Bergeron and Krejci got signed. They're back on the team. Uh, oh, I forgot. Oh, You know why that story got buried? Because
2: Chris Sale broke his wrist. Yeah.
0: <laughs> They're back. They're back. Patrice Bergeron is back as your number one center. David Krejci is back as your number two center. Charlie Coyle, three center. Extremely friendly deals. Extremely friendly deals. Bergeron's at two and a half with with bonuses. Um, another gift to Sweeney. Another <laughs> Krejci's at one mil. And I could not be more excited for the season. I don't know about you guys. I know Zach. I don't know how Zach feels still. But, I mean, you have three I solid think we're, I, sort of
2: think we're, I think we're, like, a good team now. Like yeah, I was going to call well, us a good team and debate on any hypotheticals until something like that happened. But I don't think we're any – I don't think we're crazy better than last year. I think we're still, like – a good team that can make the playoffs because we made the playoffs with ease this year. Um, there wasn't there, there was a lot of breathing room to get into that that uh, seating. And then and when you hear Krejci and Halla, you obviously think Krejci a lot better. Way better. Well, I was looking into it when I heard he got signed because I was just like, all right, so like, because Halla had a pretty good year last year. Like, what's the like, what's the improvement
0: that we're getting here? And Well, that was Halla's best season of his career too.
2: Uh yes, and Hala only played. Uh, Holla played uh seventy eight games And the last season. Krejci had he only played fifty one. They finished the same amount of points, forty four points. Hala was able to get eighteen goals though, and Krejci only got eight. And I, I, I just wonder, one, can Krejci get his goals going again? Uh, it, like, there was a lot of factors in that play. Like, that second line wasn't really that good until Taylor Hall got there. Um, he'd only played 51 games. But he also is going to be a couple years older than that season. He just played against, like, it's professional hockey, but it's not the NHL. The talent's not, like, as good. So, you know, what type of creature are you getting? What are you bringing to the table? Is it really going to be that much better of an upgrade then Hala, the only way I can see it being something that makes a huge difference for us is that he becomes more, we get more of a playmaker on that second unit and the two guys on that line become better than they were with Holla.
0: That was going to be my point. So think about this. So David Pasternak is now going to be playing with David Krejci. Is that so he's, what's
2: happening? Because I heard, yes, I heard yes. that's what they
0: think is going to happen,
2: but they, there is still speculation they might keep the perfection line together.
0: I mean, nobody really knows other than Jim Montgomery. It's just too much
2: talent on one line. It does it like it just makes you very top heavy.
0: What, the perfection line. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. You definitely. I mean, this gives you way more options for secondary scoring. Like, like you said, like David Krejci is a playmaker. Like, yeah, maybe he'll definitely get more than eight goals, but he's will he definitely are? like? Is yeah. He, yeah. He, he, I would bet anything that he gets more than eight goals. That's I mean, you would
2: hope, right? You would hope, and he's like it's proven in his career. He gets more than that. But yes, like I said, he's a little older and he's been playing lesser competition. Is he? Is he going to be able to transition back into the NHL and score a lot of goals again? I, I still think he'll always be a playmaker.
0: Yeah, and and but if you think about it too, like he has posture on his right and then he has hall on his left those are two natural goal scorers and then you got yeah he's older he his game might have regressed a little bit back home but he's still you know he's still got the vision to make passes and now you got an elite goal scorer and david poshtonok on your right and you got a stud left winger in taylor hall and was so the only guy on our team that's won an mvp so, <laughs> yeah, so there's cool. a lot of talent over there. <laughs> yeah. There's
2: a lot of talent over there.
0: But you're talking about two guys who are probably going to be putting in a combined 50 goals, and then you then you add in, and and that's with Eric Halla. And then you add in David Krejci who we've seen as a playmaking specialist in the past. You put him in the middle of those two guys. I think that I Where mean do you think his points end up then. Krejci?
2: Yeah, how many of those are goals?
0: I'm going to say he gets 18 goals and he puts in somewhere between 50 and 60 assists. I think he's going to sniff 80 and maybe just break 80.
2: I really do. I kind of with you on the goals. I think he gets around 15 goals, right? I think he definitely gets an uptick in goals. Uh I feel like I'm saying more like forty to fifty points. Like I think seventy his ceiling, sixty assists. But right
0: you around. think like even playing in that second line role, and he's definitely going to get power play time. Like you, you still think he only gets somewhere around like twenty five to thirty assists with those guys on his line?
2: No, I think it's like around forty or fifty assists. So we at like sixty or seventy points.
0: Okay, so we're we're relatively close then.
2: We, we forty five we... to fifty five assists and 15 goals. That's what I think he'll be around.
0: All right. And would you be happy with that season?
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't care what he does as far as goal scoring as long as he gets it around 15. I mean, it's not a lot of goals, but if he gets up there, I don't care what he does. If he has 60 assists, 55 assists, that's awesome. And then, I mean, if he has 45, that's still a good amount. So
1: yeah. And I mean, especially with Krejci, I mean, looking at if he's on that second line with who was at the check line with Zaka and Pasta, he's never. I would with, love that. Me too. He's never played with a goal scorer like Pasta before. The guy can go out and get you 50. Krejci not going to have to bury 20, 20, goals a season. I mean, he's he's been known in this Bruin system in the past for his offensive style in terms of setting players up, being able to control the puck in the corners. And he, that he's going to feed players like Pasta and Zaka in this system. And it's not just with Krejci on the second line. It's thinking about Holla bumping out of the third line, too. I mean, you want to talk about some depth, having Charlie Coyle and Hollow on your third line. I, I mean, Holla just had 18 goals. Well,
0: Hollow just got traded for Zaka. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But so still, like, you, then you got... <laughs> Well, still though, what you're saying makes sense. Like Charlie Coyle is on your, he's now your bona fide third line center. And he is a, one of the, he's one of the league's best third line centers.
1: Yeah. But the only thing that worries me is that the the Bruins are a good team. They're not great. And the, the Atlantic division, especially you want to talk about the whole Eastern conference is littered with great teams. They're going to be a fun team to watch this year. I'm going to watch them from Bergeron and Krejci. They're going to make it into the playoffs, but I mean, look at them last year. They had 107 points and they got bounced in the first round. I mean, I don't expect them to go any farther than they did last year. And that's just speaking on the talent that's now in the Atlantic division and the Eastern conference as a whole. And if you want to talk about, contracts. You no, know, these are good contracts this year for the Bruins, but in those bonuses, I know Bergeron, I, I don't know what Krejci's what is what his performance hitter is to get that bonus. I know Bergeron he has to play ten games to get what is it, two and a half mil. Yeah. And I know that I know that the way that the league sets contracts up, that's the least amount of games that you can give a player to hit that bonus is ten games. So they're essentially just it's two, <laughs> two and a half million dollars that he's gonna get unless something catastrophic happens and Bergeron doesn't play ten games which is good counting the cap this year, but you're just kicking the can down the road and you look at these players that are coming up in contracts, especially Costa. I know he's happy right now to have his buddies back, but come, you know, negotiating time and he has to sit down with Sweeney and and talk about a contract. You're going to have some dead cap on dead money on the cap. That's going to be hard to talk about a salary. So, and and also speaking, if, you know, you just said Charlie Cole is a great third line center, that guy could be your first line center next year when both of these guys are gone. So, I, I'm trying to think long term. This year will be fun to watch. I'm happy they're back, but they still have some questions moving forward.
2: Yeah, I still say that they're a wild card team. But not,
0: they're, I don't think they're,
2: I don't think they're um, finishing top three in the Atlantic.
0: I think, I think personally, it's. I mean, we're still going to have to have a good start to the season because, regardless of these signings, we're still missing, you know, the key guys that we talked about earlier to injuries. Um, but. One team I see in the Atlantic t- kind of taking a step back is um, Florida. I mean, you can't underestimate how big of a loss. Yeah, you got Kachuk, but you can't underestimate losing Huberdo and Wegar. Like, Wegar was a – he's not a big name, but he's a great defenseman. He, on most teams, he could probably be a first-pairing guy. And – um he was on their second pair, but their their defensive depth isn't that good. But you know, Bobrovsky hasn't been the Bobrovsky that we've always known. Spencer Knight is a prospect, but he's he he played last year. He's okay. Like maybe he takes a step, but on paper, I think we have a better team than Florida. Tampa's still Tampa's still Tampa. Um, you know, you're not beating them. Toronto Toronto so, probably Toronto. finishes ahead of you.
2: What do you think, though? Like, I'm just looking at it right now. If Florida were to regress, right? If they were, let's just say I still don't think they would. I mean, dude, they had 122 points last year. Even if they get 10 points worse, they're still five points better than what we were last year. True. Like they have, because like like I said, I don't think we're getting like it absurdly better. Plus, we're. We're losing McAvoy for a good chunk of the beginning. Same with uh, Marshan. The only real difference that our team's going to have this year to next year outside of Kraichi is you start the, you have Lindholm the whole season, but it kind of cancels out with the fact that McAvoy is going to be out for most of the beginning. So I'm not seeing us being absurdly better. Like I would say, we're probably going to finish around that 107 point again, which is still good. 100 points is a really good season. It's just everyone else is getting 100 points now too. The only thing, that, and this is just, it have to be based on like growth with the team. But haven't people been saying Buffalo and Detroit are like right around the right around the corner right now?
0: Maybe not Buffalo. I would do Ottawa and Detroit. Ottawa might sneak in. Detroit could sneak in too. That's the thing. Our division is so damn good. It's like any it's Tampa Toronto Florida us and then Ottawa and Detroit those two teams could easily take a step up and surprise a lot of people maybe not think, Buffalo yet but they're on the upswing
2: do you think Detroit could finish 30 points better than what they are um, uh, no yeah that's a pretty big it's a pretty big gap
0: I'm thinking I'm thinking Detroit can probably finish around like 85 maybe sniff 90.
2: Okay, so that's got like a 10 to 15 point, uh, you know, improvement.
0: You could see two wild card teams coming out of the Atlantic this year. Eas- like easily. You could see both wild card teams coming out of the Atlantic in Ottawa and Detroit or us.
1: I mean, it, it's crazy to think. 107 points last year by the Bruins, and they didn't win their division. I mean, seven, eight years ago, that could win you a president's trophy. I mean, Literally. the level of talent right now not just in the eastern conference the the atlantic division especially after the trade deadline is absolutely insane
2: do you think it's the level of talent or do you think it's that the league is getting like the bad teams there's becoming more bad teams in the league for these mediocre to you know good teams to really beat up on and put up like 107 points because look what happens when we get to the the playoffs right like we had a we had a pretty tough time handling some some of the real competition this year.
0: I would say it's uh, I would say it's more talent in the league, honestly, because you could probably pick twenty five teams in the NHL with at least like two guys who are legit bona fide studs. Even if you go all the way down to like. I don't know a team that didn't make the playoffs. Uh, Vancouver, they they still have Brock Besser, they still have uh, Connor Garland, um, Quinn Hughes. Like, uh, they're like still like good players on that roster. But then you get to the bottom teams like an Arizona, or you get to a team like I mean this year Chicago is going to be so bad. <laughs> Chicago might be worse than Arizona to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, like, especially if they ship out Taze and Kane in the middle yeah, of the season.
0: They're going to. Like there's no there's no point in keeping them. we they know like everybody knows they're in a rebuild. Why why would you ever keep a guy like Kane or Taves? Like they
2: Taze has left in the league.
0: Probably like three.
2: And do you think they're all three good years?
0: No. I think maybe one decent year and then two just kind of like a farewell tour kind of type thing. <laughs> you
2: know what I mean? What about what about Kane?
0: You, Kane, yes. Kane's still Kane's still unbelievable.
2: What do you think what it would take to get one of those guys out of Chicago?
0: For us? No,
2: nah, just in general. Like a, what do you think? Like a starter and two prospects and a pick?
0: I would say, yeah, probably like a first or second line forward or first and second pairing defenseman, a, a first-round pick, and then probably two good prospects. Would
2: you do like Jake DeBrusque I don't know who our two prospects is. They're not like we have a lot of them, but
0: you can go Lysel and Lori.
2: All right. And then it's not like we do anything with first round picks. Would you do that? Yeah. Just ship out and get can in here
0: with the team as it is right now.
2: Cause uh, then you're also getting this. I wouldn't, I mean, he's obviously not what he used to be, but he's still a really, really good player. Now you kind of have a cornerstone to build forward with. I mean, he might not be a center, but
0: well, he's still old, but I think if, well, you, you keep talking about a retool. Like if you want right. a retool,
2: that's the type of guy you get because you can't. If you want to do a rebuild, like you're not getting you're not retooling with young players that are going to be around for ten years because that means you're shipping off like really good chips and
0: right. You kind of you and, use like Patrick Kane as an emphasis to like a posternock and a Hall and guys like that. I guess I uh that's tough. I guess I would do that because right now you're looking at your window. Literally we have about this is the last year for our window. because well, what <laughs> I'm saying is
2: yeah exactly what I'm saying is it's a trade for now and the future. Right? So now you get Patrick Kane up there either on your first line or you move Craigie back up. I mean uh Pasternak back up and put him down with Craity and Hall. Uh, but think about that. You'd have your first two lines would be a mix of Martian, Bergeron, Patrick Kane, and then Taylor Hall, Krejci, David Pastrnak.
0: I mean, that's that's a team that could compete, and especially that's, like say you're going you're going for it this year. Like that's exactly. a team, right? That's a team that could actually pull something off, and then you win another cup, your first cup since 2011, and then fans would be more. You know, they'd be they'd be more okay with uh, maybe like one or two years, maybe three of kind of being an average team.
2: And yeah, because then you can get building up. subpar center play on your first right. two lines if you have yeah. if you have Martian, Patrick Kane, uh, Pasternak, and Taylor Hall as your.
1: Winners. I mean, another another player in the equation is a guy who's not even in the league yet. You think players can maybe be trying to? sell some guys off the tank to get the number one pick for uh, Bedard.
0: Yeah. Do you know how good he is? Well, I think yeah. that's kind of what <laughs> Chicago's doing here.
1: That's that's yeah. what they're hoping but for. If, if, if Chicago's trying to build this young nucleus, then why does the Kirby Doc trade make any sense?
0: Or oh, that's a Brinkett trade. <laughs> like, yeah, those are the two guys it, you want to keep. It's Chicago.
1: Chicago's been a really good team for the last decade and a half. But I feel like they might have waited a little too long to trade Taves and Kane. And I don't know what their grand plan is, but if, if they're trying to do this rebuild and, and get this young core nucleus like they've had that for the last decade plus with Duncan Keith and Taves and Kane and they want to start a new one, it doesn't make sense to trade Kirby Dawkins to brink it away when, when they're so young, they're both under the age of what, twenty four?
0: Yeah. I think to break it might be twenty five, but e- either way, it's the same thing. I mean, I'm not. It probably saying comes that down to, to
2: money. Are they making any money right now? These guys are probably like I. I don't know much about the Chicago Blackhawks ownership, but I know just in general, Chicago teams have some pretty poor ownership. Like the Bears yeah. keep fucking everything up. <laughs> the the Cubs like had that one good year, and then they let all their core players go because they didn't want to pay them. One trade uh, deadline. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, the White Sox. I mean, they're they're making the effort to go all in, but their ownership is putting Tony La Russa as the. the <laughs> so I was just like, "What's?" And I know that the Blackhawk ownership is like kind of stupid. They had that whole thing with the uh, that yeah, kid, the, and they yeah, didn't handle yeah. that good at all. So it's just like maybe they're one of those. Maybe right now they're more worried about you know, the bottom dollar, and they're like, "Hey, you know what? If we're not winning at all right now, I don't want to be shelling out money to, to brink it." And
0: hey, gonna... I know our ownership may not be the best, but at least we're not the Chicago Blackhawks right now.
2: I don't know;
1: they got three cups. Everything what, comes at a price. What's the, what's the <laughs> like do you know? I wasn't sure if you had it in front of you or not. The Blackhawks.
2: Yeah, I know. I'm just going up here. Speculation. Is that why they don't want to? Yeah, don't I want can to believe it. Guys? I, I,
1: I know Patrick Kane has a huge contract.
2: I know him and Taze are like 10 million a year guys, I think. Yeah. Let's look yeah, but
1: Especially, up. especially if, if you have enough teams that are, that are vying for that number one pick, there could be a flurry of guys like that, that find themselves in the trade deadline. Come Patrick Kane
2: and Jonathan Taze, each make 10 and a half million a year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and right right now, with the moves they made with moving to Brinkett and Doc, they have $10 million in cap, and I they're not even going to spend it. So like, can they, we they even bring tanking.
2: in Patrick Kane at that number? No. You have to ship <laughs> off some money.
1: Foligno.
0: <laughs> Foligno. Fel- he said, said fulligno
1: <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's a guy you could package Felino and Omark
0: for. I mean, dude, Chicago is trying to tank. Just take Felino. he's not going to help out at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm looking
2: on here, round and round. their goal goalie's Mrazek. Omar's yeah. better than him.
0: Way better. Get the first overall pick, oh my dude. Gosh. They might have like 20 points by the end of the season. Like, they might have 10 wins on so it. So the, bad. Arizona, if you no, did the brush, yes, yes. <laughs>
2: Uh, Felino and uh, Omar, that money gets pretty close. And it if does. you can have yeah, someone but... on long term IR, I, feel you, like... I think you can make it happen.
0: And you can, and you could put, um, or not put, you could have Chicago retain some of that salary too. I'm sure they would have no problem doing that. I mean, Kane only has one year left on his deal.
2: But we're looking at it Chicago from, could ship off Ulm for something else
1: on top of it.
0: <laughs> they could. This is I, this is the biggest hypothetical ever. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna
1: say we're looking at this from the Bruins' point of view, but they would absolutely get a better trade offer from <laughs> yeah. some other team. Oh, Nick are... Foligno, <laughs> <laughs> <from> <laughs> Patrick Kane.
2: No, no, Jake Broskas in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, oh no. Yeah, no, that's a we're Oh my God. We're Kane to Boston. That's the theme of this podcast. <laughs> Patrick Kane to Boston for Jackson. Let's and the make it <laughs>
2: happen, dude. I love Patty Kane.
0: In a seventh round pick. Yeah.
2: No, honestly, I know, I know Buffalo's in on him because they want to try to bring yeah, him home. But they I'm, said we're not trading for him. We'll just sign him next year.
0: I'm not even going to lie to you. Just as a hockey fan, I would love to see Patrick Kane in Buffalo. I know that's not the biggest thing for the Bruins, that would definitely hurt. But just as a hockey fan, I think Kane and Buffalo would be so sick. That would yeah, be so cool.
1: Three months before he requests a trade out of Buffalo.
0: No, they're the I, <laughs> so, dude. Buffalo is not no, the Buffalo. that, that we yeah.
2: One Buffalo's on the on the uh, come up too. Uh, Kane still has good years left, but he's on the tail end of his career. He's already got three cups. Yeah. Like I don't think he needs to go win more. And he's a booze bag. And Buffalo, <laughs> I know, I, like, I heard I heard Buffalo is a fun spot to, like, drink. It, it might Isn't be, it? like, it's not, like, all big and nightlifey, Well, apparently it's a really fun spot to drink, and it's his hometown. I could see was, him being, like.
1: I was going to say, I think, I think we've all seen the Jack Eichel pictures when he was hammered at that party with no shirt on. At BU.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> So, but, yeah. so hang on. So, what do you guys think? Like, so Zach, I know you said you don't even see us finishing top three. You think we're a wild card team? You still think we're playing? I still, think we're wild card.
2: I think we're probably in the same spot. We're, we're taking that. We're taking that seven seed. I don't see Florida dropping off that much. I mean, it's possible. Like, an organization like Florida and just who Florida is, it, it's definitely possible right. with losing, you know, a couple of their better players. But you know, they brought back a really good player and they had 117 points last year. So it's like you're asking them to really, really drop off for them not to be one of those top three teams.
0: I mean, I think think our division finishes – I think Toronto wins the division next year. I think Toronto wins the division. I think Tampa comes in second, and then I think it's a flip-flop between Boston and Florida for number three. And then get
2: rich betting Toronto. You
0: way. no no you don't. But <laughs> I wouldn't
2: put. I wouldn't give Toronto anything there. <laughs>
1: I wouldn't bet him to get out of the first round. <laughs> no,
0: no chance.
1: I mean, I think. But, I think Florida. I think Florida is still going to be a really good team. I'm with Zach. I still think they're going to be a top three seed. Especially Spencer Knight. I think this is a big year for him. Huge. Guy who was a top ten pick. I mean, usually right around year three, year four is when goalies start really pit, progressing and. Towards their peak, And a guy like Spencer Knight, I mean, he was a huge prospect. He's a guy who you're expecting, who the Florida Panthers are expecting to be their goalie of the future guy who can more than depend it between the pipes and save you a few games or two more than that. So I think the loss of Huberto is huge, but, you know, adding Kachuk and if Spencer Knight can progress and become the goalie that, you know, everybody thought he was supposed to be entering the draft. I think that this could be a huge year for Florida.
2: Do you think if he were to get better too, right? If he were to be, if, you, if he proved that he is a guy that you could, you know, ride into the playoffs, do you think that gives them a chip to get better at the deadline with Barbowski and trade him off and get even better with? Because having, you know, I mean, two goals
0: is not trade Spencer Knight or trade Bobrovsky? Barboski? Barbowski.
2: Oh, I can. Spencer see, Knight. Uh, if yeah. Spencer Knight proves that he's you know, you can ride him into the playoffs and now you get a chip with Bobrovsky uh, and you can go and get some other impact player for your first or second line D or, um, you know, forwards and then they get even better.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I can see them if if Spencer Knight, you know, plays up to his potential, then I can definitely see them moving on from Bobrovsky. That clears up a lot of space for them. Bring in, like, with the trade, whatever they make in a trade, they'd obviously bring in you know some kind of backup goalie, and then you know maybe throw a pick in there too and get a pro or not a prospect. Um, get like a pro- they would probably go for defense. Honestly, they would probably go for another defenseman. But yeah, I can 100 percent see that.
2: Yeah, like what if uh, like I, I was gonna say like Toronto's always looking for a goalie, but you probably wouldn't do an inner division trade. So, but you yeah, go look out west and two teams that. You know, kind of always rotating their goalie situation, or don't have a super strong goalie situation. Are the Avalanche and the Oilers? They can use a guy like him, right? At the deadline, if let's say for the Avalanche, they're not playing as well as they did last year with Kemp gone, and they're like, hey, we want we want someone that we can depend on. That's a little bad because I don't even know who they got. Well, didn't make enough noise for me to know that he's that good. So mm-hmm. they could go out and they could get someone like that over and
0: uh from
2: Florida. yeah. And, I mean, and there's another big hypothetical, but I mean, that's all we got in the off season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Edmonton did just bring over Jack Campbell, but in my opinion, I don't think Jack Campbell's like he's, he's just, he's just average. Like he's not really going to give you much. Like people kind of, you know, people, people build him up to be this number one goalie. Cause you know, obviously he played in Toronto. So he's getting the media buzz. And, but like, if he was here, I know we would hate him. Like, he was just average. Well, we hate all our goalies here. This is true. We this really do. This is an
1: anti podcast.
0: Except for Jeremy Swayman. Everybody loves Swayman. <laughs> it's yeah. true. He's, it's true. He's probably like the most like liked goalie of all time in Bruins history, to be well, honest. Uh, uh, no, I
1: mean, it's maybe. It's definitely Tim. The Bruins kind of need him to be good, though. I mean, I know Omark is still relatively young, but I feel like they've kind of put all their eggs in Jeremy Swayman's basket because if it doesn't work out with him, they've got no goalie prospects behind them.
0: Yeah. So, Nick, what do you think with the with Bergeron and Krejci back in the lineup? How do you see us finishing?
1: I could see them being a wild card team. I think you said it in the first episode. They're still too good to not make the playoffs, but the problem with them is that everybody else is better. And yeah. this is a Bruins. This Bruins team is still extremely talented. They just brought back uh Bergeron coming off a career year at age 37 is fifth Selkie I mean I don't know what Krejci is going to give you but I know he was playing in in that with the Czech Republic in that what was the Euros or whatever playing on that line with pasta and he looked pretty good he had mm-hmm. a bounce in his step they had some good chemistry so I um, I think that it's kind of the same thing that we say every year but I think the Bruin success is really going to rely a lot on that second line of that secondary scoring. But Uh, there's really nobody that I think I would trust more holding down that second line center than the guy who's been doing it for the last decade and a half, the David Krejci. So I'm excited. I know that it's the first month and a half is going to be huge for this Bruins team with all these injuries, because if they get out of the gate slow in this division, they're screwed and they're going to have a hard time catching up to everybody. But I know for myself watching Bergeron and Krejci, I don't know how you can at least be a little optimistic about how the season's going to turn out with it. And with a new coach too. So nothing but good vibes around here. I'm, I'm hoping for the best, but expecting around the middle of the pack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I can, that, that's very sensible, honestly, but all right. Since we got past that, let's move on to um, this little segment that we're going to do. We're going to do something a little different. We're going to talk about what team that each of us dislikes the most. So, I'll start with Zach. Zach, what team? When we play them, what team are you just like? oh, like fuck these guys. I hate everything about them.
2: It's ter- it's uh, Tampa for sure. Tampa. I really? and I, I mean, they're not the most unlikable team. Like, I there's a lot true. More teams that I don't like, but I hate fucking Tampa, dude. They have our number. They do have they, our number. They, they just keep – they continuously keep on crushing us. They keep on going on deep playoff runs. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, there's plenty of teams I dislike more and I find more annoying. But as far as, like, who do I hate? Like, who do I hate to play? Who do I just get aggravated the most, uh, you know, after we play them? Maybe not during the game. Well, yeah, obviously during the game too. Uh, it's them. Like, they don't they don't really have t- – I'm sure if I went up and down the roster, I'd see some guys I just don't like. But in general, they don't have too many hateable guys. They don't have guys on the team that you're like, "Wow, like this guy's a piece of shit. Like he really aggravates me. He annoys me. Like the way he carries himself, like a cadre back when he was up on Toronto or he like a Burroughs over at Vancouver. Like they don't have any of those guys. But they just keep dominating you. Like time in and time out, they've made you like you're their little brother. They stuff you in a fucking locker every time you play. When's the last time we've had a good? you know, season series against Tampa like three years That's ago? An interesting I, question, probably. And I, and I think we only I think we only split with them and then we got fucking murdered by them in the bubble in the in the <laughs> playoffs.
0: Yeah we did. So to be fair though, they were cheating with the cap. So which is just another reason to hate them. Like this <laughs> is just like screw
2: you guys. Like you're already good. You don't need to cheat. And we're gonna probably do that this year too anyways. So I'm not yeah, gonna yeah. get go on that like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? It, it, yeah, it's annoying and another reason to hate you, but it's that it, it, if you can manipulate the cap and get any type of advantage that you can, do it. Like I'm not I'm gonna I'm not gonna sit here and be like, that's wrong. No, but it does make you more hateable, right? Yeah, it's like fuck yeah. like we're stuck here at this hard cap and you guys are like 10, 15 million dollars over it.
0: And to your point too of like them not really having anyone too hateable, I I guess the most annoying guy on their team, I can think of two, probably between Corey Perry and Pat Maroon. Like Pat oh, Maroon is just some Pat like Maroon. he's just some fat dude who runs around and just like just like just trolls around. It's he's annoying. he won, he won he three, three cups in a, in a row. row. I know and yeah, hey, well now Corey Perry has lost three in a row. So.
2: so so you're saying Corey Perry outweighs Patrick Maroon?
0: Well, I mean if you're putting them him on a scale, no. But no, uh, <laughs> no but like Corey Perry's just kind of like slimy. Like he'll pull a dirty play out every now and then. Like I don't know. He's just well, he's just ball. got
2: there. Like, right. I, when right. I think of guys, I think of like Braden Point, I think
0: of- Stamkos.
2: Stamkos, Kucherov, Stan, Hedman,
0: Hedman,
1: Basilevsky. I guess.
0: I guess Sergeyev is kind of a dick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really like Ryan McDonough that much when they had him.
0: Yeah, Ryan McDonough was kind of an ass, but I'd love to, to have him on the away.
1: team. He's yeah. kind of full of himself, you know. I don't.
0: I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, the no. I... The way he skated it bothered me. Well, now he's in Nashville. That's a big loss for Tampa too. Yeah. Who are they gonna have though? That who they get back for Ryan McDonough? You know 10, they it,
2: they'll figure it out. They, yeah. they, they, have, they, Somehow they just keep figuring it out time they
1: after time. They don't really need defenseman Vasilevsky and that. Honestly, they can roll with five
0: yeah. forwards if they really want yeah, they to. Kind of, going to, have to do. Yeah,
2: the new, new philosophy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <You> <laughs> know, All right, Nick. I, I,
1: I don't really like the Lightning, but I think the difference with the Lightning is that I respect them. I know they've been beating the brakes off the Bruins, but it's because they're a damn good hockey team. Although I will say, when they got spanked by Columbus like four years ago,
0: they lost
1: in like five. That was one of the sweetest series I've ever watched.
0: Dude, they tied the best regular season ever, and then they didn't win a single game in the playoffs, and they played Columbus.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a curse of that President's Cup.
0: There is.
1: There really is. I mean, the Lightning for me, I mean, I I guess they've kind of had their due. I mean, they've been hot ass for how long now and now they're fine. They're, they're finally good. And you know, they'll have their little run. They're prone to some absolutely devastating playoff loss, Like we just mentioned with Columbus every now and then. But for me, the team that I hate the most is not even the question of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I cannot stand them. I can't stand their front office. I can't stand their team. Can't stand their fans.
0: I was going to say like, their fans are the worst you don't like
1: to cross sports here, but I've never seen a team so closely resemble the Dallas Cowboys than the Toronto <laughs> Maple Leafs. They haven't won since the 60s. Every year they're claiming it's their year. They keep on getting spanked by the Bruins. They can't make it past the first round. Austin Matthews is on the cover of NHL like every freaking year. Mitch Marner bothers me. I didn't like Dion Phaneuf. I didn't like Joffrey Lupul. I hated Nazem Kadri. Their fans, we talked about it last episode, are, are fi- my favorite moment and <laughs> one of my favorite moments in life, regardless of the sport was that Game 7 comeback, just to see the look on their fans' faces. I was probably on Twitter for four hours after the game just searching up Maple Leafs fans to to watch their tears. I hate Maple Leafs fans, and also the fact that they've they've been a Bruins division rival now for the last decade plus. The Lightning have been good now for six, seven years, but the Bruins have been a thorn in the Maple Leaf side since we were kids. And to watch them over and over and over again, the Maple Leafs get to the top of that hill just for the Bruins to kick them back down, it brings me the most irrational joy. And I cannot stand anything related to the Toronto Maple Leafs.
0: You know what? You, you know that video when we when we had that Game 7 comeback in 2013? You've obviously seen the video of those like the Leafs fans who had that camera set up in their living room and they're watching mm-hmm. the game and, and it's like a three minute compilation of just all the goals and how, yeah. how excited they are and then yeah, yeah, yeah. scores and they're all like ah that's okay yeah. and I mean, then Bergeron watched- scores or Horton scores and they're like <laughs> oh no and then Bergeron scores the tie and it's just silent and it's- I, mean, I watch every Bruins
1: game for them to win I watch every Maple Leafs game to watch them lose I cannot stand them they are so annoying and it's, it's become kind of comical with people around the league because everybody just knows, yeah, you know, Toronto's due for 100 plus points, but it doesn't matter who they play. They get out of the first round and every year they prove us right. It's amazing.
2: That's it's, why I don't best. hate Toronto because I just wait for them to piss down their leg and I'm good. It's, no, it's hilarious why, every
1: that's time. That's why most people wouldn't hate Toronto, but then they're fans and they make yeah. every excuse in the book they could they could have 130 points and then shit down their legs <laughs> and lose to like a freaking 80 or whoever the hell it is. And their fans will make some excuse. They'll say, we'll be back next year, whatever it is. Whenever they lose to the Bruins, they always say, oh, it's because this player is hurt. Oh, it's because the refs are on payroll. No, they always and the blame the
0: refs. Sucks.
1: It's always something. I mean, I'd and be a miserable
2: they- little twat too if I lived in Canada.
1: <laughs> but like, I, I not a fun like, place. <laughs> I feel like, you know, especially like when we were real young, you've kind of been programmed to hate the Montreal Canadiens, but it's not even fun anymore because they just suck.
0: Right. Like there's,
1: there's no, at least for the Maple Leafs, you know, there's competition. Bruins play the Lightning. You know, they're probably going to get their face stomped in. But when the Bruins play the Maple Leafs, you know, it's going to be a good game. You know, it's going to be back and forth. Unless it's the playoffs, you know, the Bruins are probably going to win.
0: To your point about Montreal, I was going to say. No, 10 yeah, years ago, I hated it. Yes, That was the team I hated the most. Dude. They're calling 911 yeah. because Chara knocks fucking yeah. Dude, I, I, that's what I was going to say. 10 years ago, it would have been Montreal. Because if you remember, before that playoff series in 2011, when you know we beat them in seven, there were, I think, either two or three games where there were literally like three or four line brawls every game like legitimate line brawls like i remember the one we we beat them like like eight to three or something like that we pounded their faces in all game uh there was one uh i think it was horton who threw a hit on hammerlick and the dude just like laid down on his stomach and there's that infamous jack edwards call where he's like (laughs) he's like hammerlick goes down as if shot yeah. Get up! Like guys, <laughs> like even like, even the media hated them. Like it was the, it was, it was almost to like a, to, to, it was almost to a Red Sox Yankees level hatred back then. But with that being said, I can't, I can't pick, I can't pick Montreal right now because there really is no rivalry. Like they stink. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I'm going to kind of go off the board here a little bit because my original pick would have been toronto and i think that's most people's pick too but i'm gonna go and say the carolina hurricanes i hate carolina and it mainly goes oh my it's so annoying like it's just (laughs) it's like not even really a hatred it's just like the little brother who's trying to like get involved in everything and it's like dude like shut up! Like just, just play the game. Like you don't need to do all this extra stuff. Like, God, their social media is so annoying. Their fans have, their fans have no idea like what real hockey fandom is. They're, they're all just like, oh, they're just so annoying,
2: dude. Hey, they showed out
0: though for that playoff series. Yeah, they did. But yeah, guess what? Did. In two, in two years, when they stink again, they're gonna, they're gonna go root on they're, whatever they're they gonna mean, move, move to a different city yeah. like yeah literally like they, they'll forget about what hockey is like they gonna just watch gamecocks fucking college basketball yeah like <laughs> oh they're just so they're like i understand like yeah the fan base is growing down there and that's a good thing but like you know your place you you suck i hate you like you're <laughs> so annoying
1: i get that I, I i there's definitely part of me that hates those teams that have been mediocre for literally decades and then, they're, and then they're good for maybe three or four years and they can finally contend with the guys who've been running the table for so long. And then they all start talking that crap like they are saying about Carolina fan I mean, there's a handful of teams we could put handful. in this category. Florida? Florida couldn't even, I said a couple episodes ago, they had more people working the games than they did fans know that they're good, and, and Florida Florida fans come out of the woodwork, like you live in Western Mass, you're not a Florida Panthers fan.
0: I will it's say though that, like that drives me crazy. I will say Florida Florida fans themselves haven't really annoyed me. Maybe it's because like they don't. really just yeah, care. there really really isn't that many of them. But like yeah, like they don't annoy me as much. It's just like the oh god, the Carolina people just get, shut up. But Okay, so yeah, so Zach had Tampa, Nick had Toronto, hell yeah, and then I had Carolina. So now we'll move on to, you know, what, we'll we'll do round three of our uh, of oh, our brother. of our Bruins fantasy. So really quickly, I'm gonna go through the 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 first and second round teams. So right now, Zach, I'll do Zach's team first. First line forwards, Lucic, Bergeron, Samsonov. Second line forwards, (laughs) PJ Axelson, Joe Thornton, and (laughs) Amir Yager. And then he did not take a fourth defenseman. He took a third line center. He took Tyler Sagan. So right now, Zach has three defensemen, and those defensemen are Brad Park, Charlie McAvoy, and Adam McQuaid with goalies of Tim Thomas and Jeremy Swayman. For myself... I have.
2: Game. It's rounding out to be a pretty good a, team. <laughs> I'm gonna,
0: I, I think your team is like a fan favorite team. I think, and like, you know, everyone loves everybody on your team.
2: I think this team can make some noise.
0: You could definitely make noise. I just don't know how, how well you'd play against, especially Mel's team. Mel's team is really good. But I'm going to go through my team now. Um, I have Marshawn, Esposito, and O'Reilly on the first line. I have Nathan Horton, David Krejci, and Ken Hodge on the second with defensemen of Bobby Orr, Zidane Chára, Mike Milberry, and Dit Clapper, <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with goalies of Tuka Rask and Jerry Cheevers. And then to go to Nick, Nick has Middleton, Neely, and Oates on his first line. Cashman, Sanderson, and Busick on his second. And then at D, he has Eddie Shore, Ray Bork, Tori Krug, and Flamin. Flaming, flaming <laughs> flamin, with goalies of Tiny Thompson and Andy Moak. So now we'll do the third round, and it starts with Zach. So Zach is gonna have the first pick. Johnny Boychuk. Oh, you, <laughs> you! I was oh, a, I was planning do on. We continue. need a third goalie. No. no, 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 just
1: two. All right, cool. Johnny Boychuk, that's a good pick. I was devastated when I traded him. Oh,
2: I thought that was a terrible move. I, did I honestly, you. at the time, at the time, I thought moving – because I know it was for like cap reasons. I thought moving Char might have been the play just because how old Chara was and how many years left Boychuk had. I mean, as time played out, it – you could have made it, either one would have probably been the right move, and honestly, keeping Chara probably was the better move. But like when it happened at first, I was like, "Why are we trading him when this fucking old ass guy is making like <laughs> nine mil right now?"
0: Dude, I don't know if you would remember this Zach, but Nick, you might. Do you remember when like almost every night I would tweet out hashtag trade Chara?
1: Yes, I did, and I would, <laughs> dude, and would call you an idiot. Yes. I was I so about that. moving Charles. be like he's a traffic cone. He can't do shit. Yeah, like, are you kidding me? The guy's got a nine foot reach. He just he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't have to move. <laughs> yeah. You can put him on ice and just spin him around in a circle.
2: Yeah, my opinion on him leaving had nothing to do with his talent. It had everything to do with his age. I was just like, this guy's probably not going to be good for that much longer. And he ended up being yeah. pretty pretty good all the way. Yeah, to, like, honestly,
1: that's 40.
0: what honestly, I thought too. About
1: because like Boston sports always had like your pillars like. Pats had Brady. Celtics had, I guess you could say, Paul Pierce. Uh, Sox had Ortiz. Bruins had Chara. I think of the four, I was probably the least upset when Chara went. Because yeah. like you said, I think it was his time to go. Not it was probably past talking, his time. Not just talking age, but money-wise. And then he was also kind of stopping like Carlo and McAvoy from coming up and playing together. I They kind of had a logjam there at the defensive position. I think it was his time to go.
0: Definitely agree with that. Alright, so I'm gonna go with my second pick now, or not my second pick. Jeez, my first, my first pick in the third round, and I'm gonna take Mark Savard. Ooh, okay. So Savard is my third line center. All right, Nick, you got two picks in a row here, kid. All right. My first pick, I'm gonna take Bill
1: Kessel. Oh, oh, throw him there shit. On the right wing. Honestly, forgot all about him. I, I, they just tweeted a picture or posted a picture on my Instagram the other day, his rookie photo with the Bruins. I put it on my IG story. And I was like, I saw, "Yeah, I saw that." I'm like, I'm gonna save this for, for when we do the draft in a couple days. <laughs> um, and then my next pick, I need a defenseman. It's gonna be a bit ironic because I've done a lot of complaining about him on this show, but I'm gonna take Don Sweeney. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, maybe if we can pull him down into the, on the ice and out of the office. The team might get better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's see here i'm gonna go with you know what i'm taking number 44 dennis sidenberg
1: oh i was thinking about him
0: That's i was gonna
2: take. gonna take him but and then i i have actually someone else i'm gonna
1: take right now Ooh. he's in the the hockey skates hall of fame he's got some weird ass skates
2: i do not really <laughs> care for this person as a player or you know, a teammate or whatever you want to call it, but as talent goes, it's undeniable. Dougie Hamilton. Oh, that
0: sh- shit. I should have taken him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Uh, and then, uh, who do I get to go play with fucking Sagan up there on that third line?
0: <laughs> on that third line? <laughs> yeah, you already have your center.
2: Dude, I have nasty centers.
0: Yeah, no, your, your lineup down the middle is pretty good.
2: Did you already take Recky?
0: Nope. I'll take Recky. All right, that's a pretty. I was thinking about him honestly. All
2: right,
0: I am gonna go kind of Zach's route, and I'm gonna take my fourth line left winger right now. I'm taking Mr. Sean Thornton.
1: Uh, every team needs an enforcer.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean he can dump the puck in too, so hell yeah. And
1: he's yeah, got always- a mean... A mean backhand toe drag. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> he sure knows how to punch a face And He used to always walk his dog around Boston. Remember, he was like an episode of Chronicle or something.
0: Oh, no, I was behind the B. Dude, but... walk his dog. <laughs> Dude for, for a guy who, not from Boston, he looks like a guy from Boston.
1: Yeah, he does. <laughs>
0: yeah, Embodies everything about the city.
1: This took a little uh, digging because we're really scraping at the bottom of the barrel here. I'm gonna take. <laughs> I'm gonna take a man who played in the 1940s as my oh center. boy, <laughs> Bill Cowley. Who the hell he- is that? He's a Hall of Famer with two cups. Oh, That's- sorry, sorry. <laughs> Watch your mouth. No, honestly, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> never heard of him in my life. Cowley, Bill Cowley.
0: Interesting. All right, so you got another pick here.
1: All right, and then um, I want a little grit on my other wing. I know he didn't have his best year in Boston, but he was a 30-goal scorer, so I'm going to take Jerome McGinley.
2: Okay.
1: Well, thanks, like again, pick.
2: it's all about what they played in with the prime, right? That, a Bruin, a
0: as, a Bruin, as a Bruin. As a Bruin, yeah. So, so, he was only I here for back. one year.
2: I'm Yager, like, dude. Yeah, fucking. Yager's yeah. yeah, just there to be a glue guy in the locker room.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go with Mr. Chris Kelly. Okay. Really like Chris Kelly.
2: Now I feel like if you play left wing, right wing, it can flip-flop. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. So yeah. so I'm taking to round out my line, it's going to be Blake Wheeler. Oh,
0: Wait, Zach's team might be kind of making a little comeback here. That's a a good pick. Damn. So who's on that line? Wheeler, Sagan, and who? Recky. Yeah, that's a good third line. That's a fun line. That is like actually a – I can see them all playing together too. (laughs)
2: Yeah, my team's –
0: you guys are making fun of it, but
2: my team's actually pretty sick. Like, My worst (laughs) fucking pick might be like – it's, Jackson. Jackson? It, 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 it's no, it's, it's
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> But he's got things to teach the boys out there. <laughs> he's a player coach. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey,
2: what are we, are we doing? Are we doing? Um, are we doing back to backs? Should we do five picks still every single round? To just yeah, make so you, yeah. So, so you get, yeah. So yeah. can yeah. I get another defenseman or start building out my fourth line. This is your
0: last pick of the round though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I know who I'm taking. This is my fourth line center. I'm gonna pick Chris Kelly. I
0: already took Kelly, you idiot. <laughs> did you? Yeah. <laughs> you Fuck. Fine.
2: Oh. You know who I did like? All right, I'm not going with the center. I'm going with the I'm going with the right wing. Glenn Murray. Oh, I don't know if you guys remember oh, him. He no, was,
0: that's a good pick.
2: He was fun in the video game. <laughs> so yeah, I'll take a, I'll take Mary.
0: All right, so that's Zach's last pick in this round. So I have the next pick. Cannot believe this guy is still on the board. People are probably screaming at us that we haven't taken this guy yet.
2: Who is it? There's no way that there's someone this good left on the board.
0: I'm taking right winger. David Pasternak.
2: He's still on the board? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I thought that people are are yelling at us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm drafting a guy from the 40s, David Pasternak. (laughs) (laughs) I I just took fucking Glenn Murray. I got to have David Pasternak. (laughs) I'm going... I need another defenseman. And... We've already drafted quite a few good ones, so I'm going to draft a guy who's on the Bruins right now, who I'm hoping is going to have a great year. He had a good season for the Bruins after the trade deadline, so I'm going to be adding Campus Lindholm to my team.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. I kind of I like it. And I don't... Don Sweeney.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, I don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that line doesn't scare me. <laughs> Neither does your first line. <laughs> hey,
2: listen, as my entire team progresses. Yeah, you're you got so. like four first lines to fucking take down on my team.
0: Zach, I don't know what your draft strategy was, but somehow your first two rounds were so bizarre. But then this round was phenomenal. I don't get it.
2: <laughs> I don't get it. I
0: build. I build with the heart. <laughs> Should oh, we just so go fourth
2: round? Weird. Should we just bang out the whole thing? Because they're kind of like in a weird spot right now, where we all just have like one extra guy like hanging around.
0: Honestly. Yeah, let's just finish it up. All right. Yeah, let's just finish up the fourth round. All right. So we're doing rounds three and four in this episode. So our teams are going to be complete. Mel's got to pick.
2: Gets to pick again.
0: Yep. So wait, wait, let me. um...
2: So we need to pick what? Four guys now, right? Two. Because I know I need two forwards. I need two defensemen to build out my fourth
1: line. So
2: we have four picks
1: left.
0: I think you need three defensemen.
1: Yeah, yeah, because you skipped, you you picked uh four forwards for the second round one. Cause you're in you're short.
0: Oh no, no, no. I'm wrong. He needs he needs one more. He has he has Park, McAvoy, Boychuck, McQueen, and Hamilton. So he just needs one more. One more uh, defenseman? One more defenseman. You need you a left forwards? winger and a center. Yep. I okay. need a left winger, a right winger, and oh, a defenseman. Mel needs. His defense is set. You just need a fourth line, Mel. All
1: right. Okay. With my first pick in the fourth round, I'm going to be taking a winger who I totally forgot played for the Bruins when the Art Rossley was here. That is Brad Boyce. Ooh,
0: that's a good one. Add him to the crew.
2: Bye, Michael. You're a big boy.
0: Uh, I might. I'm gonna finish off my defensive pairings. I'm gonna go with you know what? I'm taking Andrew Ferens. Oh, okay. Okay. I like right that for funny, you. Thanks, man. <laughs>
2: <You're> welcome. <laughs> All right, and we could have taken them already. So if we did, fuck me. But, I'm taking Taylor <laughs> Hall.
1: Oh! Oh.
0: That's a good pick. That is a good pick. All right, back to back, Zach.
2: All right, and then I'm finishing out that line. You need a center. Carl Soderberg.
0: Interesting. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. All right. <laughs> What's wrong
2: with that? He played fine for us. It was between him and Gregory Campbell. Actually, no. Yeah, scratch that. I'm taking no, Gregory no,
0: no, Campbell. no, 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 You're no. You already doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing <laughs> it. Damn it. Hey,
2: pick wasn't in. Taking Gregory Campbell. Get fucked.
0: <laughs> Damn it. Now I gotta think about.
2: Damn it. All right. Well, that hey, Kraus Stodolberg's on the board.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he was. He was gonna go undrafted on mine. Um. All right. So I need a. Third line left wing and a fourth line right wing. So I'm gonna go on my right side. I'm gonna go with Mister Danny Pae.
1: Oh, Merlot line, sorta. Of. You should, you should. I would have,
0: him. I would have had it if freaking Zach didn't take Campbell. If I just kept my mouth shut about Carl Soderberg, <laughs> I would have had it.
2: <laughs> but you didn't.
0: No, I didn't. I'm an idiot.
2: Hey, also, I just, I just want to pick up on one of my last picks. Is Taylor Hall's MVP season the most random MVP season of all
1: time? So random, yeah. dude. It like, wasn't even close to leading the league in points that year just because New Jersey was a dumpster fire the year before he got there. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, like I just – I don't – get. Like, I, yeah, like you said, like, I'm looking through that MVP season right now because I was just curious. 39 goals – whatever 54 assists whatever 93 points i mean it's nice but it's not crazy i mean i guess it is impressive that you finished with a fucking plus 14 and plus minus on new jersey
1: (laughs) that's probably why he won it right there honestly
2: (laughs) it was like how did you do this
1: (laughs) i don't think anybody's taken him yet but i believe i do need another winger so i will be grabbing michael ryder Oh, I like that. No,
0: he hasn't. Oh, that is a good pick.
1: Yes. Yeah. You know, the then, year he, he left the Bruins, he had 35 goals in Dallas.
0: That's crazy. I forgot he went that's to crazy. Dallas.
1: Yeah. And then uh, my next pick. You need a center. Oh, a center? Oh, uh-huh. man. I was thinking defense when I had the guy locked and loaded. Nope. Your defense is set. Damn. Can you I trade? You need a fourth line center. Can I trade
0: Sweeney out of here for a new guy?
2: If you can do that, I'm trading fucking Brad Park
0: out of him. No, no, no. Pick is locked in. Oh, damn. Let me
1: get uh, a... Sweeney's like, yeah. "Yeah."
0: Sweeney's like, yeah, can I take back the Sennishin pick?
2: (laughs) Hey, can we redo that draft, guys?
0: That'd be fun, right? (laughs) Let's have a redraft. (laughs) He's He's in the Yahoo fantasy group chat. He's like thumbs up if you want to redraft 2015.
2: It's just him and the devils. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, with my last pick, don't think anybody's taken him yet. I'm going to take Jean or Jean Rattel. I don't know how to okay. his first name. Okay.
0: Alright. And with the last pick in the fantasy draft, and these picks are going to be posted on Twitter too, so um... You guys can all vote on it, see who gets the best team. Zach probably has the most lovable team. Nick has a good team. I think I have a decent team. But with my last pick, I'm going to take, by the way, fifth overall all time in left wing scoring. Played for Buffalo, Toronto, New Jersey, Boston, Colorado, and Tampa. He loved to travel. I'm gonna pick <laughs> I'm gonna pick Dave Anderchuk. Who the hell is that? Yeah, I don't know
2: who that is, but
0: <laughs> you guys don't know who that is? No. Dave Anderchuk? Yeah.
1: Fifty-eight. Well, damn, six four. Damn! Damn. Damn. Uh Jesus, he played for <laughs> twenty-three years. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Let's look at his years in Boston. Oh, he played one year in Boston, had 19 and 14, minus 11. Oof. Oof. Defensive liability.
2: I know who I'm rounding out my defense with. This guy is absolutely nothing special, but he holds a special place in my heart. No Stanley Cup victories or anything like that, but long-time, lifetime brewing, Kevin Miller. (laughs) Respect it. I've always liked Kevin Miller. Wait, I always Kevin Miller
0: or Colin Miller? Kevin.
2: Kevin Miller. I thought if Kevin Miller could stay healthy, he would have been a pretty uh, important part of what the Bruins are trying to do.
0: I feel like he would have been Kevin Miller's career, just like the way that he played and you know his style. He, If he never really got hurt, I think he would have been pretty similar to Johnny Boychuk.
2: Uh, I thought if he stayed healthy, he was going to be... I, I don't want to say like a cornerstone because that's fucking right. Definitely like, not. Like I think he would be, <laughs> he'd be a stable part of what the Bruins are trying to do for a few years.
0: Yeah. He's like that physical guy that the Bruins have always had on defense. He's just block shots, physical, gritty. Kind of had
2: me a Seidenberg.
0: Yeah, that too. Dude, One of those two to destroy guys. people. Oh, if my if God. he,
1: if he's skating into somebody full speed, you're watching a murder because <laughs> if, if he dropped the gloves, he could smash somebody's face. And, and he, he didn't do it often because he would always get himself hurt. But he was a lot of fun. He honestly, he reminded me a lot of uh, <laughs> Dougie Glatt from Goon. Because the guy would just put his, put his body on the line for like a, a third period. It could be a third period up four against the last place senators and this guy's laying out to block a shot he's he's throwing guys in the corner he always played balls out until the end of the game I always love Kevin I,
2: I do want to throw out an honorable mention someone I was thinking of putting on my team and I probably I if I could replace Yaga this is who I'd replace him with because he had a 30-30 season with us He's nothing special. He's kind of a dweeb, but was he, he, a solid. He's a solid player, Louis Erickson. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. You're he scored thirty right, goals. He had thirty three assists in his last year here. Like he wasn't. He wasn't a bump. I mean, he wasn't physical though. So like, he would turn the puck over a lot. Kind of like what I get on uh, Pasternak for. But
1: I would I like mean, my honor. My honorable mention. I was hoping I had a winger left, but I didn't. I wanted to take Riley Smith. Guy with the eyebrows, I used to. I, he was like the only player that I really liked that we got back in a Sagan trade. Really, I like Louie.
2: Look, look at us taking the guys in the with the yeah. Sagan
1: trade. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really like Louie for the reason you said. I thought he was kind of a <laughs> dweeb. I don't know. I thought. I thought he didn't really fit in well with with the Bruins. I thought he was honestly too similar to what Bergeron did, and I just didn't really think that there was that much of a place for him on the Bruins back then. But yeah, I look his numbers.
2: Today. He actually has some really good career numbers. Howie Smith? Yeah, like nothing nothing like you're going to – when he retires, you're never going to think of him again. But, like, yeah. while he's in the league, 20 goals, 31 assists, 13, 27, not crazy. But 25, 25, 15, 22, not crazy. But then 22, 38, 19, 34, 27, 27. And then, yeah, his last couple years have been – 14 and 11, 16 and 22, so nothing crazy, but like that's a solid player. That's that's a guy that's going to find himself in the league for a
1: very long time. Yeah, wasn't wasn't he? I know he at least had the A in Florida, but wasn't I thought he was the captain before Huberto got it? I could be wrong though.
2: I don't know. He left Florida like five years ago.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, he left before they were good, but because right after, because I I was pissed when when they shipped him off for the Bruins. I thought because he was still relatively young. I thought he was going to be one of those guys Ooh. to hang around for a while. You want to talk <laughs> about random seasons, too. Frank is <laughs> the fourth liner here, goes to Florida. What, he put up 24 goals the season he got there? Where Dude, the hell he did that come from?
0: Unbelievable season this
1: year. Yeah, then he became a consistent, like, high-teens goal, goal scorer out of nowhere.
0: I'm pretty sure in the playoffs at one point he was playing first line, too, which is crazy.
1: That's ridiculous. Fourth liner yeah. for the bees. Too bad they can't get players like that, huh? Dude,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, think about that. The year that we won, our fourth line was nasty.
1: Like, that's yeah. what we're
2: missing. Like, our fourth line sucks.
1: Yeah. But it's, Maybe... it's funny, too, because, like, I feel like like the status of the NHL, like, those older Bruins teams, like, those 2011 teams to the, you know, 2014 when they had those good years there, I feel like they really built them out. Like, every team, like, every line had an identity, like you know, like third line, like you got like that's like your defensive line. You know, you had like your Chris Kelly. You had a couple wingers who can grind and grit. It fourth line, those are your enforcer guys, the guys gonna throw the bodies around. But I feel like now you look around the league, and I feel like you can find like high speed skill guys on your third and fourth line as well. And yeah. it's weird. I think about the Bruins, and I feel like they're kind of still stuck in that. I know like like Sean Corralier or whoever they've had on the fourth line recently has been a little more skilled than the guys they've had on the fourth line of the past but I feel like that's where they've kind of behind the eight ball a little bit. I feel like they're still kind of putting themselves in that category of you need that grind and fourth line, you need that defensive, you know, the third line that can go out and swing some momentum. I just feel like the game's not in that direction anymore.
0: No, the game has definitely changed. And um, it, it does seem like the Bruins are kind of stuck in that. Um, they, they like those physical guys. They like to have a fourth line who just kind of grinds dumps the puck in hits people and the way the game is trending is really just all skill and speed so i mean maybe the bruins aren't 100 percent going for that maybe they're kind of going for a mix of that some speedy guys but they can also hit and they can play physical which i think could still work but yeah no the game is definitely trending towards more skill
1: I feel like, I, I'm sure it'll probably swing back around again. I, I remember, you know, back when the Bruins and Canadians rivalry was what it was. The Canadians were always a team that was short and fast and speedy. And the Bruins were the team that were just going to throw them all over the ice. And it was usually back and forth. But I feel like now, like, teams that are bigger, like, you know, this Bruins team has been bigger in the past. Stack it up against teams that are speedy and quick. They just get
0: destroyed. Because they're just insane, so me. much faster. The, the yeah, skill
2: speed in hockey absolutely plays, and it's yeah, it's happening in all. Well, uh, not not all sports, but because I guess the only other comparable, uh, is football. football. It's happening in football now. Is you're seeing these like linebackers? You used to want like a 265 pound, you know, stuff the run linebacker, right? He probably doesn't move well side to side on the field, but north to south, when he's plugging those gaps, he's just fucking cracking bodies. And now they really want, you know, speed guys, someone that can drop into coverage, someone that can go, you know, line to line and, you know, chase someone down because the offenses now are playing so fast and they're playing so uh, skilled that you you, instead of running towards a you know, 265 pound linebacker, they're drawing up plays where they get to run away from them and then they can't catch up to them. Uh, and it's the, it's the same thing with the uh, NHL. It's just like, Hey, if we can move the puck faster than you can catch up to us and we can skate down the ice quicker than you, you're, you're not going to be able to really play with us because you, you, you aren't really going to ever get possession of the puck and not going to be able to, um, you know, lay hits on us. Cause you can't catch us. So,
0: A.K.A. Kale McCarr just bum-rushing the puck from end yeah. to end. <laughs> I
1: was, I was going to say, a great example of that is, is the defense of today's NHL. I mean, think of how many... the If you were to look at the list of elite defensemen from 10 years ago, I'm willing to bet that at least six or seven of the top 10 are at least 6'3 to 6'4 taller. It was always a big man's league. It was a big defenseman league. If you were big and you could skate, you were gonna be—you were an elite defenseman. That's what every team wanted. And now the best defenseman in the league, Charlie McAvoy, six one. Kill McCarr isn't a tall guy. Quinn Hughes isn't very big. Victor Hedman's a big dude. But like now, it you're kind of seeing the guard change. Where where like Zach was saying, it doesn't matter what position you're playing. You want somebody who's fast who can move the puck.
0: I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine, like, Zetano Char just flying up the ice with the puck at, <laughs> like, every shift? Like, no.
1: He's six foot nine. He's dancing like he's a, a ballerina. He's a
0: ballerina. <laughs> That's the best. When he did that little spinorama, I think it was against Ottawa, but... Do you guys like Jack Edwards? I love, love, love Jack Edwards. I love, love him.
1: There's Love him. There's such a stark contrary between people who do like him and don't like him because I feel like as a Bruins fan, you either... Hate Jack Edwards, or you absolutely love him this really I'm great.
2: actually completely indifferent on him.
1: I love him. I think there, he's there's so times fun.
2: where, like, I'm like, this is really a great call because you're Jack Edwards and because you're such a homer. <laughs> and then there's times where I'm like, dude, you are confusing me. Because oh, yeah. homerism it? right now is making me think that this was a fucked up play and that was actually guess what? I just turned on NBC and they're like, That was fucking a great play, that was normal, like nothing dirty about that. And you go to Jack he's like, That's- what what is it jack what is it you're confusing
1: me i see that all the time on twitter i've always loved jack edwards because just the words that he uses and the way that he describes a play is awesome but especially on twitter like the national fans like fans from other other team fan bases hate jack edwards because he's a homer like you said the guy literally he works for the Bruins. He works for Nesson, which is part owned by the Bruins. He's from what, Rhode Island? He's been a Bruins fan his whole life. Obviously, if he's in the booth, he's going to call towards the Bruins. Now, I get it. He definitely goes overboard sometimes. Like, there's been times where a Bruins player has, li- like, Lucic would literally steamroll, like, Ryan Miller, punch the guy in the back of the oh. head. Jack Edwards is blaming Buffalo. Like, yeah, he, he,
0: <laughs> can't blame, he blamed Miller if, if I'm yeah. oh, not mistaken Miller wasn't such a pussy <laughs> yeah. uh, no I'm pretty sure sh- when coming out of his net well he's yes the, oh, that's what a goalie does <laughs> right I'm pretty sure that's what he said he was like well you can't blame Lucic. Miller was yeah. out by the so circles <laughs> as, as, as a Bruins fan
1: as a Bruins fan I love him as a fan of another team I could definitely see why you don't like him but for for like fans who say he's annoying because he clearly roots for the Bruins Obviously, the guy's a Bruins yeah. fan. He works for Nestle. They're owned by the Bruins. That part always kind of rubbed me the like, wrong way.
0: But dude, like the thing about that is, like, it just makes his calls ten times better when something good happens. Like, yeah. because you actually get the passion, and you you can like you you like you feel it through the you know through the broadcast, like the the Horton call in Game Seven of Montreal, the the come back against the Leafs like you're not going to get that on NBC. You're going to get a good call, but you're not going to get the actual passion and, yeah, and you know, heart,
1: especially like like watching the game as a Bruins fan and seeing something like that happen and right. you just have like this body reaction, you don't know what to do, but the way that Jack Edwards can kind of sum it up. Yes, so perfectly. As a Bruins fan, the guy uh, like he's mastered the English language. I know he always <laughs> jokes. Uh, the name of our EASHL team is the Tumbling Muffins because that's the way that Jack Edwards would describe it. Or a juicy rebound and <laughs> he's chugging rebound. up the wing. I mean, there's nobody dude, quite. Dude, he, like, he
2: called. shocked when I found out that he was a he was a Sports Center anchor.
0: Yeah, that blew my mind. of him, <laughs> dude. He called. He called Charlie McAvoy – I don't think there's any announcer in the world who would describe a, a person like this. He called Charlie McAvoy a bona fide stallion. Like what? <laughs> like what, what do you – what does what that even – like I know what it means. But like How does that just to come in your brain?
1: During shower time
0: he's like where's the stallion
1: (laughs) I just know Andy Brickley's up there confused as hell every time that Jack Edwards opens his mouth and says something like that
0: Andy Brickley is the perfect counter counter punch to Jack Edwards because Andy Brickley is just kind of there as like an analyst and kind of like just to break down the game but then you literally have Jack Edwards in there who is he's like a fan
1: like he's just a fan in the booth Annie brickley is like the yin to his yang like jack is yes. over the top you know oh you know how can you call that a penalty and then Annie brickley be like well you know he took his skate off and threatened to stab him or something like oh, that man. like it's like he's always the realist and obviously you know an ex-player a guy who spent time with the Bruins, he's always had good analysis too, kind of pulling back the curtain and taking us you know into the mind of a hockey player i always appreciated that too
0: yeah, no, it's just he's 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 really good in the booth. I think I don't want to move on from them because I don't I'm kind of afraid of who we'd get after. I like, I, I love like the, Jack Edwards it, so much. It could be like Nesson, dude.
2: Yeah. Leave it to Nesson to fuck that up.
0: I think you I think you stick with them for a while. I like Jack Edwards a lot. Um Is there
2: a talk about them going somewhere? No, we that just yet,
0: yet another hypothetical from <laughs> the off season. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for the regular season to start, dude. We'll 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 be watching the games. We'll we'll start getting into it. We'll get into real talk. Analyzing some games, analyzing the week, seeing what's actually working, what's not. So we're about an hour and a half in right now. Welcome back, Bergeron. Welcome back, Krejci. Can't wait to see what this season leads to. This was episode three of Something's Brewing Podcast. I'm Mike Sullivan. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. Nick Melanson, you can follow him on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. And Zach Sullivan, you can follow him at Zach underscore Sullivan 22. I'd like to remind everybody we are in partnership with the black and gold productions, LLC. You can follow them at BNG productions on Twitter and, you know, continue to reach out to us, continue to send us DMS messages, you know, everything that you can do to incorporate into the show. We'd love to, uh, you know, add, add the listeners into the program. It just makes it better. The more inclusive, the better. So with that being said, Oh, you know what? Again, me and Nick, we will stream on Twitch every now and then. Pretty, pretty, you know, Monday through Friday, Monday through Thursday. We're pretty Very regularly, yeah, yeah, fairly regularly. We're on Twitch. We're streaming to EASHL, our Tumblr oh, oh, team.
2: Oh, we got a side hustle without me.
0: Yeah, you, well, you don't have a PlayStation, and well, yeah. NHL, the NHL series doesn't do crossplay. You have Xbox, like a weirdo, but. Um before no, 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 before we get before we get into that debate, we're gonna so yeah, you can you can follow us on Twitch. Uh you can find us at Tumbling Muffins. Um our our logo is the same as the podcast logo, so it's pretty easy to find. Come in, you know, talk to us on the chat, you know, uh, mention what you want to hear on the podcast. Um and yeah, come talk to us. So that is going to do it for episode three of something's brewing. I'm Mike Sullivan. That's Nick Molanson and Zach Sullivan. We'll see you next week.